All right, good morning. Talkative people, welcome to Happy Sunday. Thanks for the um, the clue and the hint. I, I'm clear that it's Happy Sunday just by watching you guys. Just the energy in the room, very, very cool. Uh, and a great day, isn't it? Today is a big day, big day for a lot of reasons. Because um, we're here to worship. Amen. Any day that we worship is a big day, and that's more important than anything I just talked about. Um, that's why we're here. Right? I love what Bryce said in the prayer, um, that we would be changed today as we go out that door. Um, and so we, we connect with our Lord in order to do that. We're, de- we're doing that today in uh, Colossians chapter 3, first uh, 14 verses. We're going to jump into that in just a minute, continue our series in the book. Uh, but first we're going we're gonna to pray. All right. Apparently, the fact that we've done that every service at RBC in our whole history is not enough of a pattern for people to figure it out. We pray first. Amen? Amen. I love what somebody said. Until you pray, you can do nothing but pray. Right? Redundant to get the point. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the ability to worship for both the restrictions you put on us and the freedoms that you give us. And I pray, Lord, you uh, protect us from ourselves and honor, glorify yourself. Show us what we get to see this morning from your word. Thanks for Paul, what he wrote. Thanks for your spirit and its guidance. Pray, Lord, that um, we would see things that would do exactly what Bryce prayed earlier, that we would be changed today, uh, better prepared to walk out that door, more in tune with you. I pray that that's what would uh, happen in this time. Uh, and and foremost, uh, that we would honor and glorify your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, here we go. We, we did uh, four uh, sermons so far in our series in Colossians. We did uh, the first one on how we're qualified for inheritance. We've been reconciled to reveal. We've been freed to walk. Last week, we talked about growing in value. This is a progression kind of that Paul's putting us on. Today, we're going to be talked about renewed for love. If we've been uh, qualified, reconciled, freed, and we're growing, well, my favorite question is why? Because that sounds like a really long process. Sounds like a bunch of stuff and a bunch of steps. It sounds like work. I don't I want to be a Christian. It's too much work. Right? Uh, unless there's a payoff. Now, if there's a payoff, there's a lot of work that I'll do. Right? If I know there's a good dinner that night, psh, call me. I'll come work. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I'll help. Right? Because there's a payoff. Uh, that's how we walk our Christian lives in faith, that there's a payoff at the end. Amen? Right? I love the, the line I heard back when I was in high school. The party's in heaven. You going to be there? That's a great question. Uh, how do you get there is pretty easy through Jesus Christ. How do you get there is almost the same question. Actually, Scott, it is the same question. Yeah, but there's double meaning. How do you get there? Like, how are you when you get there? I tell you what, I don't want to be skidding in under the door as it's closing, all beat up and bandaged and half broken. I want to strut in, not with pride, but 
kind of functional because I tried to do it the way he wanted it done, right? Following his system. Uh, so let's see. I don't know. I think I'm going to be beat up a little bit when I walked in, but that's okay because uh, Christ redeemed us. Amen? Let's find out a little bit about uh, what the second half of the letter looks like. We're starting the second half, right? Uh, Colossians 3, 1 is the, the second half of what we're doing here. And uh, Paul's going to start with this like painful word. Painful word. And if he's starting with it, can you guess which word it is? If. Isn't that, the, is that sometimes the worst word? If. Uh-oh. It sounds like a conditional statement's coming. Right? You know what a conditional statement is? Not necessarily true. Or true based on a condition. Oh. You mean there's prerequisites? I hated signing up for classes in college and then finding out there was a prerequisite. Like, no, I want that class. Well, you have to have basic math first. But I took that in high school. Yes, but you didn't take it at the college. Oh, you're just trying to build me for money, right? To get one more class and one more enrollment. Anyways, here's our conditional statement. Let's see what it is. If then you have been raised with Christ. Wow. Shouldn't it say, since then you have been raised with Christ? How can we turn it into an if? Almost becomes a question. You know, since then you've been raised with Christ. That'd be a statement. If then you've been, isn't that almost implying a question? All right, I said it's a conditional statement, right? If, uh, let's ask that question. Have you been raised with Christ? Theologically, yes. If you've accepted Christ Jesus and his death on the cross and your forgiveness of sins and his lordship and a few other things that kind of go along with it, secondary issues, they're all great. But functionally, right? We just did the ideological answer, right? Um, and I hated premarital counseling when Julie and I went, right? I'm a young 20-something, right? And uh, we, we decided to go meet with a counselor. Uh, and he says, oh, I know why you guys need what you need to work on. You're an idealist, Scott, and we need you to, to dance in the realist world a little bit. No, ideally, uh, have you been raised with Christ? Yes. Realistically, are you living that way? Are you living like you've been raised with Christ? That's a very different answer. Um, and now we're shades of gray in between the, oh, yes, absolutely, to no, not at all. Uh, we as Christians, we know in a real world, practical sense on the street, we're dancing in the middle somewhere. And we're leaning towards, yes, absolutely. Why? Because we're pushing towards that ideological answer of, yeah, I've been raised with Christ. Because we all want in. We all want in and we all want insurance. Right? We want to know that we're going to heaven. We want to know that we're close to Christ, that we have a relationship with him, that there's hope for even the minuscule in our life now and we want to know that there's hope for the grandiose at the very end the biggest thing then why would paul write that why would paul write well if then because here's what he knows humans right you ever get ticked off you ever get bugged i tell you what I, for most people it takes one sentence with me one sentence and you can get me like on my heels 
right? You attack me, you challenge me, you uh, go after my family, um, you use the Lord's name in vain, you cuss, like certain things, like it just, all of a sudden I'm like, and what am I fighting with? What am I fighting with? Have I been raised with Christ? What's that mean? Let's find out. Paul's going to explain it. Uh, If this is true, seek the things that are above. Now, I shouldn't do this. Uh, This is bad practice if you're preaching. But I'm going to tell you what's coming. He's going to say it again. He's going to say it once now. He's going to say it here in just a couple words, a couple more words. Seek the things of above. You ever um, met somebody and, and your friends are talking about that person and they say, you know, you know what kind of bugs me about them? They seem like they're above it all. What are we saying about them? They're too good, maybe inflated sense of self, uh, ego, pride, uh, look down. Uh, you know, they, they kind of turn up their nose at me. You know, it's like, great, Bill, that you sat in the front row, but, you know, you're going to need a lot more work, right? That... We don't like that. And Paul says, we all got a little bit of that. Because above is not you. You know, you know what just, he, he just ripped you. He just, he just criticized you. And I don't know, he said, oh, seek the things above. It sounds so good, like Sunday school, devotional thought. Love Jesus, read your Bible, pray, and seek the things above, right? It sounds like a good banner statement we could paint on the wall. Uh, and we won't we're going to come up with something better. But um, what's he saying? You're not above. I'm not above. And I think about that more. You know, when I really get in trouble is when I think I'm above. Right? When I think, oh, I've spent enough time with the Lord. I've, I've raised kids long enough. I've been in the soccer community long enough. I have lost enough hair. You know, whatever it is you think qualifies you to be above whatever you're in. <clears throat> Survey says... 100 people surveyed, no one answered that on the board, right? I love Jeopardy references. No, that's not Jeopardy. Family Feud. Yeah. No, I love that. I love getting old, too, and mixing up my analogies and forgetting words in an actual phrase and all that kind of stuff. Um, Who's there? Who's above? Not you. Where Christ is. The moment you get in trouble is when you mess that up. You mess that up. The Christ is above you, right? Yes, when you're in trouble. I was I was uh, had a meeting yesterday uh, with someone whose identity will remain anonymous to protect the guilty and so that they don't get a big head for me quoting them the very next day at church. They said, "I know. I only know two things in this world." There is a God, and I'm not him. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm getting all teary up, and I'm getting goosebumps. You see those, Bill? There's something about that that is the key to all things. There is a God, and you're not him. That's why the book starts with, in the beginning, God. What are they implying in those first four words? I know it's only three words in Hebrew, so none of you like scholar types come at me with that, okay? But in English, in the beginning, it's three, it's four words in Hebrew. I think I just backed that up uh, backwards on the numbers. Um, It's implying that you have to be told about God. 
within the first three words. In the beginning, God. Wow. I'm not God. He is there. We got to remember in all things, one of the questions we got to be asking is what does above look like in this scenario? What does Christ look like in this scenario? It used to say it, uh, what would Jesus do in this scenario, right? Uh, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Whose chair is that? It's his chair, right? Um, Don't sit in his chair, right? Someone's been sitting in my chair, right? Verse 2, set your minds on the things that are above. (laughs) There is. Set it twice within two sentences. What does Paul know? Humans. Set your minds on those things. You're going to seek them with your actions, and you're going to think about them with your mind. Right? Notice it doesn't say feel the things of above. We just threw out the feelings. What about for us sensitive people who get all choked up just talking, right? Where's that? Well, when you seek it with your actions and you think about it with your mind, guess what will follow? Your emotions, right? Not the things that are on earth. I love that he makes, it's, this is a theology for dummies, right? Seek the things above, set your mind on the things above, which, by the way, are not the things on earth, Right? Uh, what 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 are the only things that distract us? The things on earth. And he's going to get into a couple lists in this passage. We're not going to spend any time on the individual items in the list because there's a general idea that's going out in those things, and that's what we want to get out of them. All right. So let's let's keep going so we can get to those. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Praise the Lord. Because we're hidden in Christ. Uh, you want to be hidden? No, I want people to know my name. I want to be important. I want to have influence. I want to accomplish things. Why would I want to be hidden? Remember the topic here. If you're not from above, you need to be hidden. So we can focus on the things that are above. Right? That's what we're chasing. We want to hide your agenda and chase his so uh, your hidden does not mean that you have no value. It's you're changing where your value comes from. Instead of things of the earth, it's things from God, right? Hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So you absolutely got a shot. Not only do you have a shot, you win. Okay. Oh, did you just spoil the end, Scott? In the end... You win, okay? I'm going to use a phrase that I want you to stop using, okay? At the end of the day, that phrase is getting used way too much. I, I know some people who use it every conversation. And at the end of the day, I hate the phrase at the end of the day, okay? But it fits here. You win. At the end of days... Our pursuit is in Christ. And if he's winning in the end, if, remember that if at the beginning? If you died with him, if you're set within him, if you're hidden in him, if you're setting your mind on him, if you're seeking him, are you good? Say yes. All right. 
Good. Um, verse five, put to death. See, how do we do this then? How do we do this first paragraph? Here's how you do it. Here's the how-to from Paul. Verse five, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Now, I know that you're seeing things in life that you would like to go away. There's some things in life, things in the news, things on social media, things maybe even your own family, definitely at your workplace, and last, save the best for last, definitely things in the church that you would like to see just go away, right? What's he saying? Put there to death, therefore, what is earthly in who? You. Doesn't say in politics, doesn't say in social media, doesn't say in your church or your job or your family. What are you killing? You're killing yourself. Right? We've died with Christ and quit acting like you're alive. Like you have an agenda, like what you think is most important is most important. It's not. In fact, we're about to get a bunch of lists where one list focuses on you and he says, chuck that stuff. And the other list focuses all on other people. Appeasing, psychologists might call it even enabling. <gasps> what? We might actually be doing things wrong psychologically? Yes, because guess what? Are psychologists right all the time? No. We minister. And you see that list is like sometimes you have to be patient with people. Yeah, but they're doing it wrong, and I'm right. So what? They don't care. They're stuck, and until you help them, they can't hear you. They can't see you, and they don't even want to smell you. Right? They don't want you in, in, in proximity. Let's, let's keep moving. Put to death the things uh, of the earth that are in you. What are they? Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Focuses on who? You or someone else? Who's getting the payoff when you're sexually immoral? Who's getting the payoff? This is not a hard one, folks. You're getting the, like, if you, if you go chase something that's erotic, who are you pleasing? Yeah. Eros, that passion, it's your own. That's what you're chasing. Let's, let's try this test again. Impurity, who's that affect? Does it affect somebody else? Can't infect anybody else. Unlike the virus... Sin can't be passed. Praise the Lord. Because y'all be in trouble. All right? I got enough for everybody to go around. Uh, passion. Serves yourself. Evil desire. Well, desire gives it away. And now we've got this little hint. Uh, you know, because sexual, well, immoral, that kind of sounds bad, but it's a big word. I'm not totally sure sometimes. It seems fun. Impurity, well, yeah, but I, it's what I wanted to do. Passion, well, I, God gave me these desires, right? When we hit evil, now we know. Is this a good list or a bad list? The bad list, right? Covetous, covetousness. I have a lot of questions for God. One of them when I get to heaven is, um, could you have used smaller words? And he's go, yeah, I did. You English morons tried to make it more difficult. Right? When you're translating it. Um, covetousness. Who's that benefit? Oh, and by the way, does that start to hurt someone else? You're coveting someone else's stuff. Ooh, now let's go backwards. Does evil desire, could that uh, adversely affect someone else? Yes. Could your passion hurt someone else? 
Yes. Could your impurity compromise someone else? Could your sexual immorality put someone else at risk? Yeah, absolutely. Get the theme here? Uh, is there stuff left off this list that could be on the list? And Paul got tired. <laughs> I'm going to give you a general idea, and you're supposed to assume the rest. Stealing. Should that be on the list? Yeah, it kind of fits in the category. It's not just specifically listed here, but it kind of fits in that general thing, right? Cheating? Lying? Yeah, he's going to say all those things. Why? Who they serve? You. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And here we get the hellfire and brimstone people coming in going, Amen, it's all going to burn. No. Wrath of God's coming. And I want us to be clear on this, and it really hit me this week. What is wrath of God for? You, you have to get this one straight. If you have died with Christ, buried with Christ, right? Remember the first? Wrath of God is not for you. Wrath of God is coming. Amen? We got a verse. We know wrath of God's coming. Why is wrath of God coming? To figure that out, we got to figure out what is wrath for. It's not for you. Well, it's for them sexually immoral and impure. I'm sorry about the southern accent. It's just more fun. Right? It's for all those people that do everything wrong. He's going to get them. No. That's not what it's about. Wrath of God is not for them. In fact, none of them are listed. And you aren't listed. The stuff that you could do, the stuff that they could do, that's what listed. The wrath of God is for those things. Not for people. God is going to come and he's going to eliminate, he's going to wipe that stuff from the planet. Do people still have a shot at having a relationship with God and being saved? Even if they've delved in any of those things. Do they still have a shot? Yeah. It begs the question then, why the wrath? Because God will not allow those things to exist. Right? Why does he, he throw Adam and Eve out of the garden? Oh, no, they ate the fruit. Now they're going to be like us. And, and, and oh, man, they're naked, and I had to make coverings for them. Why not just keep going? He says, no, we're going to kick them out of the garden. We're going to put flaming swords and uh, angels and stuff. We're not going to get into the full story. Why? Unless they eat from the tree of life. Wait, I thought he came that we might have life and might have it abundantly. Yes, and that's why he cut you off from eternal life until he could solve the stuff that's bad. I'm going to make sure that you have access to eternal life later. Why? Because we're going to get the bad stuff out first. When we do eternal life, it's going to be a party. Will you be there? Wrath is not for people, folks. Wrath is for sin. Wrath is for evil, the devil, and his cronies. Uh, I want front row seats. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, and I want uh, free Coke or Pepsi. Probably Pepsi because it's better. Not the, not the official position of the church, okay? Oh my gosh, it got really bad there for a second. Uh, in these, you too once walked. You used to be like this, right? When you were living in them, but now you must. Man, that's a dirty four-letter word. Must. Are you being told what to do? It's called a command. 
We don't like commands or rules or directives, right? Let, let me make it softer for you, okay? In Greek, this is an imperative, right? Feels a little better if it's an imperative, right? You must put them all away. Uh-oh, here comes the list. It continues, apparently. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. All those things focus on you. They fit with the first list. Say yes and yes. That was average. That's right. Second service will get it right. Um, do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. It's, folks, this is, this is part of the if conditional statement at the very beginning. Because we, we love, we love this thing. Oh, look at the cross and what it represents. Jesus died for me and I'm forgiven. And then it's like, yeah, and now I can just go do whatever I want. Folks, this, is, this was step one. It was the biggest step. It's 100% of the deal when you talk about salvation. Let's switch gears. That was salvation over there, Okay. Good for you guys. You're really close to salvation. Okay? These people over here, we're going to talk about experience. What's your experience like? What? How's it feel? Your relationship with the Lord. Does the cross affect your every day? How you talk to someone. When they come at you, how you take it. Are you, are you bugged? How, how easily are you bugged? And why is your condition most important? That's experience. What about experiencing love, experiencing like, cooperation, accomplishment, getting what you want? You're not always going to get what you want. You really aren't. Like all the people online right now, they're not getting what they want. Oh, now they are. Oh, you move the camera. I was off screen for a second. I was doing this little visual thing with the people off camera, and it, we just ruined it. Now I'm just going to come back in the middle where they can see me. You don't always get what you want. Do you have full salvation and opportunity? Absolutely. But can you have a horrible experience in that? Yes. Why? You decide not to play nice in the sandbox with everybody else. I love Jesus, and I believe he died for me, and he forgave my sins, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's the second person of the Trinity. Oh, great all your ideological theology how does it change the way you act and that's what paul's getting to at here he's like all of those practices of the old self you can still experience all of those things and we're going to add to them because now you know about guilt and shame why because you know the cross and you know what sin is and you just added more heaping on your experience and now you really want to be off camera Right? Having a little fun with the imagery. Uh, do not lie to another. Why? Because you're compromising a current practice with an old practice. Right? Verse 10. And you're going to put off the old self with its practices. And verse 10, as we flip the slide, I, we're, we're having a that's what happens when you put a brother and a sister together in the sound booth, right? Uh, and have put on the new self. 
There's expected change from God in you. There's a little bit like God says, look what I did. Now, how you want to respond? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to think about it for like 40 years. I'll get back to you. He's like, oh, yeah, I got my response. You're going to experience life the way the world experienced life from now on for the next 40 years. And it'll be very different, very little difference. Or, or you could try some new practice. Let's do new self, he says, right? Paul's selling us on how the, the system actually works, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. The new self is in the image of the creator. And I want you to see what just happened there. It says, being renewed. It doesn't say, is renewed. Being. Now, for some of you um, who are nerdy like me, and remember a couple weeks ago, I reintroduced you to the concept of the participle. Right? We add ing to to a verb, it becomes a participle. I walked is something I did, and it's over. I'm walking is something I'm doing now. Oh, Scott's walking. When's he going to stop? I don't know. Not when he gets off screen. He's going to keep walking. Uh, if you are being renewed, did it just become a process? Yeah. Too many Christians think their Christianity is a certificate, an insurance document. The premium's been paid, and now if anything goes wrong, you get to claim on that insurance. Paul says, no, not really. It's not a certificate. It's a process. It's a practice. Right? In fact, that's what he said. We could give off the old self practices. We're going to put on new practices. Right? Here, there's no Greek Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Um, is that the full list? No, it's meant to give us a general idea. There's no distinction. Ooh, what did we just do to all races and all genders and all ages? They're all important. All of them. All of them matter. Because Christ is all. Right? Set your mind on things above. How is Christ in them? What? It's a great question. Christ is all and in all. Ooh. I want to go back to my wrath argument. Why would he come after people that he's in? There might be another process he's trying to work on called reconciliation. Right? Or sanctification. Those are bigger words. Like, what's he work? He's coming for process. God wants process with you. I thought he wanted relationship. Yes, they're the same. Right? So, put on then as God's chosen ones. Oh, you just got picked. We're lined up for kickball teams and you didn't get picked last. Or at least you got picked. Right? For the right team that's going to win. Holy and beloved, what's holy mean? It means you're set apart in a clean, good way. And beloved. Dearly beloved, we all gathered here. What, what are we saying? What's beloved? Loved. You guys have Wheaties this morning? 
means your love, compassionate hearts, kindness. Put this stuff on, right? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Who benefits when you're compassionate? Say others. When you're kind, who? Say others, right? Humility focuses on yourself, isn't it? Who's being humble? You are. I thought this was about somebody else. <gasps> Did I trick you? When you're humble, who you're comparing yourself to? Others. That's how they benefit. You're no longer above them, right? Meekness, how you approach other people, benefits others. Patience. This is a cuss word, isn't it? Who are you being patient with? Others. If you're being patient with yourself, it's in order to be patient with others. <laughs> right? And have put on the new self. All right, sorry. Uh, bearing one another. No, you're right. I, was, I thought you'd moved on to the next slide, so I was starting at the top, right? I'm a simpleton. Uh, bearing with one another and... Who benefit that that one actually says others, right? Bearing with one another. That do you have to bear with someone when with someone else when they are nice and generous and kind and loving? Is are you bearing with them? What is this implying? It will go poorly at times. Deal with it. Get thicker skin. Be nice instead. Why? Not because, well, yeah, well, did you see what they did? Oh my gosh, are you three? No, because of who you decide to be based on who Christ has decided you are, right? And we're, this one's going to hurt in a minute when we get into the fill-ins. Uh, if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Why? It's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. Dad always said, fair doesn't exist. Praise God, it doesn't exist. Because if we did fair, folks, guess who's getting to heaven? No one. Your deal with God, not fair to him. Except for, watch this, he decided to call it fair. Isn't that weird? This is you guys will never, you'll never live up. That's okay. I'm going to show you how this whole thing could work and you'll still never be able to do it. And I'm going to like you anyways. I'm going to make you all half capable, half smart, half feeling, probably even less than that. I'm going to make you, all of you have so many holes and shortcomings that you are going to have to rely on one another. I am going to force interaction between you humans. It's going to be the funnest ant colony ever. And me, Jesus, Peter, and Paul, we're going to laugh up here just watching the whole mess. When you finally buy that, everything else is going to make a lot more sense. Your spouse is going to make a ton more sense, right? Because they just became as smart as you. Wow, no pushback. Okay, we'll take that. All right. And by the way, it says you must forgive. My favorite example of this is Jesus on the cross, two criminals next to him. One mocks him, one says, remember me when you come into your glory. And he says, don't worry, today you're going to be with me in paradise. 
that guy didn't do squat. He was nailed. Couldn't move. Except for his lips. He says, there's a shot for you. Not fair. And we love it. Above all these, put on love. That's what Christ put on on the cross. He put on love for that guy, for you, and for everybody you come in contact with, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Whoa. An exciting topic for another day. Perfect just became possible, apparently. I had to figure out how that works. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Yes. All right, let's have a little fun, I think. It's, it should be fun. It might hurt a little bit, okay? And here's the first thing. Um, when he says, seek the things above and set your minds on the things above in verse 1 and verse 2, you know what he's saying? Mindset fights the prevalent and clings to the preeminent. You are surrounded by prevalent. The stuff that other people do. And, you know, best, should, we should find out best practices. Really? Okay. Best practices are usually best practices for certain reasons. You better know what the reasons were. If the, if the reasons were because it makes more money, you're in the wrong game. That's not the game we play as Christians. If best practices are to get more power, you're in the wrong game. Because uh, as Christians, we recognize we have no power. Best practices are to be more efficient. I don't know what to do with efficient when I just got patience thrown down my throat. Patience ain't efficient. Well, yeah, well, Scott, ain't ain't a word. I don't care about your efficiency. I'm not playing that game. If image is your best practice, you're in the wrong game. You're worried about whether I said ain't. It's not about image. It's not about perfection. It's about people, apparently. It's about recognizing the above. It's about what is the top. And I love this. I love this idea of the preeminent. And I did not make it up. I know some of you are thinking like preeminent. That doesn't say anywhere. Well, it says above twice, which kind of implies preeminent, but I stole preeminent. Do you remember? Two chapters ago, beginning of the book, Colossians 1.18, same letter, same guy writing, and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the first form from the dead. Who's he? Thank you, Ashley. Who's he? Who's he? Come on, folks. Let's ready. Pretend you're fanatics, right? A fan. Who is he? Jesus. Great. And he in everything might be preeminent. When you run into people, when you pursue people, when you find yourself with people, one of, your, one of your questions you should be asking is, how is above in this? How is Christ in this? And here's the thing that should really, really mess with you. All the things you think you have to deal with, with them, know this. 
according to the sovereignty of God, he made them specifically that way on purpose, probably to bug you. God has a sense of humor and he would do that to you. He does it to me all the time. Why? To test my patience. Mm, that's a poor man's answer. How about to work on me? How to get me to see what is the value of that? Per Why would God do them on purpose like that? There must be value there. Not, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And maybe they don't. But maybe our goal is to help them, work with them. That sounds like enabling. It might be. That over time, through process, we're putting on a new self and we're helping them get down that road too, maybe. Find what renewal looks like. What is preeminent in anything you're doing? As you deal with the school, as you deal with whatever. What's most important? Second thing. Uh, new self, right? It says, take off the old self, verses 9 and 8, 9, 10, whatever. Um, it says, you have to put off the old self with its practices, and then verse 10, put on the new self. Well, the new self is a renewal process, right? Doesn't it say renewing, being renewed. Remember that? It's a renewal process from an outside source. And we just said God without saying God, didn't we? You must be renewed from the outside source. Who's the outside source? That's a, and it's, pro, see how I got process in there? I know, I, I like to poke you, right? Hey, Scott, can you take the knife out of my back? Not my knife. If you have trouble with that, you have trouble with that. This is great news. Oh, it sounds like work. And it sounds like I'm not a source. And it sounds like you're getting it. Why did he teach us to pray? Why did he give us rules about marriage? Why did he give us rules about our minds and what we let come in our minds and what we uh, rules about our tongue? Why, why did he give us all these things? He wanted to show us uh, how we're so apart from him. We're sinners and he's not the, the great chasm of difference. Uh, his lordship and our depravity. No. He wanted to get you in process. Depravity is not his business. Reconciliation is his business. He, he's bringing you up to glory. Now, how long will you make it take for him? Right? How long will you drag your feet in the process, or how quickly can you run that road? Right? Road is narrow, and few are those that find it that leads to righteousness. It's the wide road that lots of people find that leads to destruction, Bill. No problem. We'll do a Bible study, me and you. Okay? You got that one backwards. All right? It's okay. I'm loving your uh, USA shirt. Uh, lastly, The must of forgive and love, right? Doesn't he say you must, right? I made a big deal about that must word. The must of forgive and love implies can and harmony. 
the like the must that this process that he's telling us we have to be in for renewal. He's saying you must do that. If you have been buried with Christ, then you must love and forgive, right? Why? Because it was offered to you. I remember I made a big deal about payoffs. Well, what's the payoff? I, like if this is going to be a bunch of work and there's no payoff, I'm out. What's the payoff? Can is possible. It implies can, that it can happen. You can experience forgiveness. You can forgive others. You can love and be loved and you can fit in to this, what you call imperfect group of everybody. And I call baloney. Because if I look at people then the way God looks, see in my mind above, every single one of you is perfect. God made you exactly the way you are on perfect. Imperfect's not allowed. Removing that word from my vocabulary when it comes to people. Because that's how I experience harmony. She's here on purpose. She left on purpose. He's here on purpose. He left on purpose. What's the purpose? Don't know. Don't care. I'll figure that out later. Right? We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Try the process. Referees have this new philosophy now. They're trying to train. They're just very slow in getting it. Soccer referees this is, okay? Wait and see is this new policy. They see something, it looks really bad. And instead of just grabbing the whistle, jamming them out, bird, hey, stop the play, shut the game down. No, let's just, let's see what happens over the next couple seconds. Because although there was something wrong, if the team that was wronged has an advantage, we might let it keep going rather than take away their advantage. Let's, let's see the process play out. That's the weirdest thing when I watch a secular organization adopt a biblical practice. Let's wait and see. Uh, wait and see for others, but wait and see for yourself most, right? As this chapter isn't about anybody else, it's just about you. And I got to ask, have you started the renewal process? Have you accepted the must? Do, do you believe that you have been buried with Christ? Have you accepted that? That's the question. Now, some people would say, oh, are you born again? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You could say it that way. That's fine. I want to make sure you understand what it means. That at some point you tell God, start the process with me. Mm, pretty sure, God, I need some renewal. I've been doing a lot of introspection. Man, I've found a lot of problems. Can we start that process? And then how do you look at that as a possibility for other people? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this morning. And thanks for what you teach us that we... We get to be part of the team. We get to be in the game that we can be renewed. That wrath is not for us. And then, Lord, uh, help, help us adapt. Help us, help us to pick steps that are in your direction. To set our minds above. To seek the above. 
If you're here this morning, you've never done that. And you want to tell God this morning, I want to seek you from now on. I want to set my mind on you from now on. Renew me. Start that process and keep me in it. Thank you for your son. Thank you for who you are. It could be a two-word prayer for you. Renew me. You tell him that. Renew me. And if that's you, I want to know. I don't have to know. But I'd love for you to tell me. You can raise your hand. You can look at me right now or you can tell me later. You can tell a staff person, but if that's you, let me know. Amen. Father, thanks for this offering we're about to receive. Pray you use it and bless it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And may you be new. Amen? Go with him.